tēnā tātou katoa, e hui mai nei i tēnei rā. Greetings to all of you who have gathered here today. Uh, ko Andrew Tuku Ingoa on the Learns Kaiarahi for our restoration, the Learns online field trip that you're a part of, and this is our second web conference. And just before we crack into it, I would like to start with a karakia. Unuhia te pō, te pō whirimarama. Tomakia te ao, te ao whakitangata. Tātai ki ronga, tātai ki raro, tātai ahorau. Humie, huie, tāikie. Tāikie. Kia ora. Mau mai, hari mai, welcome everyone. And thanks for joining us on, as I said, the second web conference for our restoration. Let's do a quick introduction. Uh, so LJ is our expert this morning. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, LJ, and tell us a little bit about the work you do? Hi, uh, kia ora, Andrew. Firstly, uh, i te rangatira, uh, ngā mihi nui, uh, mō tō karakia, kia whakawātia uh, i tēnei wā. Yeah, so thank you for your um, karakia. Uh, kia, ora, kia ora, tamariki mā, uh, ko Lindsay John Clark, uh, tōku ingoa. Uh, but you can all call me LJ. Um, I'm currently the environs manager uh, for Teroro, and I've been lucky enough to come along on this journey with Learns, uh, with Doc, and with with my peers um, in an effort to hopefully expand your view on the Awa um, and of Te Taiao. So yeah, uh, my wholehearted um, appreciation for you guys being here today. Kia ora koutou. Kia ora LJ. And we've got three schools. We've got two schools called Kaingaroa, which uh, are not related. Kaingaroa on the Chatham Islands, Kaingaroa in Northland, and Newton School in, in, in Auckland. Have we got anybody that would like to just briefly introduce themselves from, this, from each class? Shall we start with Kaingaroa on the Chathams? Philip, got anybody there would like to introduce you? Yeah, kia ora. Um, so I'm uh, Philip Graydon. I'm the teaching principal at Kaingaroa School on Chatham Island. Um, and uh, yeah, we're a tiny fishing village on the north of the Chatham Island. Chatham's is about 800 kilometres off the Christchurch coast. Uh, we have about 600 population here. And at our school at the moment, we have four wonderful students. Um, they are at Kaingaroa School until year eight. Uh, and then once they start high school, they normally go to the mainland to go to boarding schools. Um, yep. But, um, uh, and we also have, uh, yeah, Brooke, a teacher aide. The new rules with the schools, tiny schools, is you always have to have two on site. So it's pretty cool having two adults and four kids. Yeah. It sounds great. Hey, thanks for that, Philip. Uh, wonderful to have you here. And, of course, um, Chatham Islands is 45 minutes ahead of everybody. So, um it's 25 past 10, yeah? <laughs> and what yes, about... it's about our morning tea time normally. Right. But yep. Well, we'll try not to keep Good you to too long. And Newton School, welcome to you this morning. Some lovely looking masks Hi. there. Hi, my name's Camille. I'm from Route 6 Newton Central School at Auckland. Thank you for having us today. You're very welcome. Um, great to have you here at Kaingaroa School in Northland. Uh, kia ora koutou. Um, we're particularly 
excited that we're meeting students from the Kaiangaroa School in the Chatham Islands yeah. this morning. Pretty amazing. Um, so kia ora koutou. Um, so this is Tui Fano from Kaingaroa School. Um, we have been doing a lot of learning about invasive weeds. We started making these manu tuku tuku, traditional Maori kites, and we weren't sure if we were making them with toy toy or pampas. And we discovered, unfortunately, that we are surrounded by pampas, which led us into um, our unit of inquiry about invasive weeds. And we're looking at doing a an our restoration project in term three. So we're trying to gain as much knowledge um, as we can as we begin our our restoration project. So awesome to Brilliant. meet you all today. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here. And what, what's the hour that you're going to be looking at? Uh, there's a little, we haven't actually decided. There's one that's nice and accessible to our school, Mangatete Stream. It's running through a neighbouring farm. So that's one mm. of the options. Or we've also got one on um, traditional iwi land at um, Miss Rainey's Papakainga. There's a little stream called Waikirikiri Stream. So we might be able to help out our local hapu by um, planting and cleaning up a stream that I know is a little bit polluted at the moment. It's, it's, and it's a stream it's that I used to... Um, drink from when I was a child and I find it quite sad now that my own children um, I have two girls aren't able to even swim in the stream so um, I have a personal connection to the stream so that's another option. Well it's brilliant it's great to have you here listening and um, yeah well all the best with that sounds like Order. it's um, sounds like a really good kaupapa you've got brewing there well, let's crack into the questions. And what we'll do is we'll begin with uh, Chatham Island, Kaimaroa. And can we have your first question this morning, please? Hi, I'm Troy. Hey, Troy. What type of eel are in your rubber? And how old are the oldest eels? Thanks, Troy. Kia ora, Troy. Thank you for that question. Um, we, we're lucky enough to have both long fin and short fin tuna uh, in the Waipawa Awa. Um, although 95% of the time, the eels you catch will be our long fin tuna. Um, if you're catching an eel that's sort of maybe a grapefruit in diameter and over a metre long, it could be between 30, 30 and 40 years old. Um, but in extreme cases, uh, they have been known to live up to 90 years. Mm. Yeah, quite long-lived species. Thanks for that, Troy. Good question to get us underway. Appreciate that. Let's move to Newton's School uh, for your first question, please. Uh, okay, Camilla, you do us. Why are you doing your research there when you can do your research in other places? Kia ora, what was your name? Camille. Camille. Thanks, Camille. Kia ora, Camille. I think the easiest answer to that one. Um, is Waipawa Awa is the taonga uh, of Te Roro. And being a taonga uh, of, of, of our iwi, um, it makes a lot of sense to focus on that awa. 
Um, but that's not to say some of the learnings, you know, like uh, some of the stuff that you guys will learn can be taught all throughout New Zealand, Aotearoa, and all throughout the world. Um, so, yes, yeah, some, some of the stuff we're finding out is applicable to the entire world. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure, um, LJ, that some of the things, some of the um, tools and methods that you are applying to restoration are things that have been learned from research in other areas. Aye, aye. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. So we're using best practice wherever we can. Um, and that, that best practice has continuously been updated as people, mm -hmm. as instruments get better, as people learn new things, um, we adapt our methodology. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Camille. Another great question. Kaingaroa and the chat in. Second question. You need to come and sit. Second here. question. Yeah. The ones that are on the list. Or just so that I can get. Sorry, hang on a minute. Um, Newton, could you just mute? Oh, sorry. Um, wait, thank you. All right, carry on. What else? So my name is Olivia, and what is the most common thing to grow in your nursery? And how many plants have you grown in your nursery? Thanks, Olivia. Uh, I can't grow in a year. Right. I think a few you, questions yeah. in one. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Kia ora, Olivia. Thanks for that question. Or well, those questions. Um, I, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I've got the order of your questions correct. Um, so the most common plant... Um, species that, that we grow in our nursery is manuka um, for the simple reason that it's easy to grow um, and easy to plant it's a hardy plant so that's that's our most common um, plant that we grow um, manuka can grow approximately or just over half a meter a year so we think about 600 or 700 millimeters per year uh, so in a couple of years, they can be over 1.5 meters easily. Um, and how many plants are we growing? Last year we grew, oh, sorry, two years ago, ago we grew approximately 10,000 plants. Um, last year we grew approximately 30,000 plants. This year approximately 60,000. And next year we aim to grow between 100 and 200,000. So we're sort of ramping up our efforts so that we can grow more plants to put back on our whenua. Brilliant. And the great, the great thing is that, um, and you'll see if you've seen the videos on the field trip, is that um, I would say the majority, if not all of those plants have been grown from eco-sourced seeds. So if you're not sure what eco-sourcing seeds is, make sure you watch the video, because that's a really, really valuable um, part of, any restoration project, eco-sourcing seeds. Okay, thank you very much, Olivia. Let's go to Newton School again for your second question. Can I just read out? What if the river cannot be restored? Will you give up? Kia ora. 
that's actually that's a that's a very important question. Um, so I think like with anything in life, if the goal seems too big or, or too unachievable, you break it down into small, bite-sized, achievable um, micro goals, or you know, just small things that you know you can achieve. We're very lucky. Waipawa Awa um, has most of its journey through Waipawa Forest, Waipawa Ngahere. Um, so a lot of the pressures that would normally be put on an awa, um, such as farming or horticulture, agricultural uses, um, don't exist because it's all uh, it's all Cody Forest. Um, so we're we're in a, priv a very privileged position uh, to say that uh, our our restoration of Waipawa Awa won't fail. Um, we've got some natural defences there, you know, most of it coming through the bush. Um, and we're, we're very fortunate to have a lot of dedicated people um, that you may see or that you will have seen in the, the LUNGE tutorials um, that are committed to making this goal um, work. To, yeah. So, yeah, to, to simply answer the question, it won't fail because the people are passionate um, about it. Yeah, I, I thought that was a, a really good question to, to to launch into that kind of a discussion because yeah, so sometimes sometimes we want things to happen really quickly, um, and we have to we have to be mindful that things can take time. You know, plants take a long time to get established and grow, and um, if you you know anything like that takes time, and you need to think long term. And, and just steps along the way. So it's a really good question there and, and, and great answer, LJ. Thank you very much. So back to the Chathams, question number three, please. Why are you restoring the river and how long will it take? Similar, similar kind of question to, to last time really, but good question. Why? Why, LJ? Hi, kia ora, young man. Uh, and that's, you know, following on, some of these, some of these answers could give you life lessons. Um, mm. You need to figure out why in order to have a goal, you know. Mm. Um, and so why for Te Roro? Um, the, simple, the simple answer is ko au te awa, ko te awa ko au. So I am the river and the river is me. And it's, it shows our deep connection to the awa. And so if the river is myself and there's a, a part of myself that's um, currently a little bit mummy or sore or sick, then you want to try and fix that. And so our, our main goal is to fix all of the unnecessary pollution and, and things that are, that are not good for the hour. Right. Yeah, well, we, we, we human beings are part of the natural world. And so, and, and we were, and our health is dependent on the natural world's health. So, if we, it makes sense for us to give it a helping hand if it needs it, um, because that will improve our own well being. Newton School, can we have your next question, please? My name is Owie and my question is, if you got trees, um, 
Doesn't that give pigs more places so they can breed? <laughs> yeah, good question. That's another good question. Hi, you're right. Uh, you know, technically, the more trees we plant, the more habitat we provide for invasive pests and predators. Um, and so what you, what you need to think about is the holistic health of those trees that you're planting. So we, we have a predator and possum control network spanning thousands of hectares surrounding the places that we're planting up. So we know that those trees that we're planting are well protected. Yeah, there's lots of trapping going on in Waipawa. In fact, all around Aotearoa. And some of you may have been a part of that. Some of you may trap predators or pests on your own property. I've got a rat trap and a possum trap on our property at home. And it's amazing just what you catch. Um, unfortunately, we have a couple of cats, <laughs> which I do like, um, but because um, they're our own cats, uh, they're not wild cats, but they're actually also predators too. So, um, but a bell, a bell certainly helps the, the native bird population, because other than that, they're quite, uh, they're quite fierce predators. But um, another good question there. So you got to, yeah, you got to balance things out. Um, but yeah, you're going to create this habitat for predators all over, and it's amazing how how adaptable they are as well. So we'll go back to Kaimaro on the chat. Have you got another question for us? Yeah. my name is Sam. What type of possum traps do you use, and how many possums have you caught? Oh, good question. We like yes, the numbers, LJ. Kia Liam. So a lot of our um, possum control, we actually, our, our most common method is using poison in a bait station. Um, so we use two types of bait stations. The first one is the foolproof trap, which is installed at about 70 centimetres high off the ground. Um, and we put in um, toxins such as cyanide, um, which is a humane way to, to deal with possum numbers. Um, but those traps can easily be, be disturbed by rats and pigs. So we also use a bait safe um, bait station, which is installed over a meter high. And that way pigs can't, well, it's harder for the pigs to climb the tree to, to disturb that bait station. Um, as far as traps go, we do use leg hold traps, which don't kill the possum. They just snap around the ankle of the possum. Um, and then one of our predator control team members will, will deal to that possum. As far as numbers go, Liam, that's very hard. Uh, you know, some, sometimes it depends how much control has happened in that area. One of our contractors caught 500 possums in two weeks. So that's, that's a decent amount. But because we use poisons and because a lot of our control work is done using bait stations, we don't send people out to count how many possums are around the bait station. Um, but I'd hazard a guess that thousands and thousands of possums have been caught uh, in the last two years alone. Thanks for that question. Um, we've got, sorry, uh, we've got, um, 
I was just going, I was just going to say, you know, it's um, it, it can it can be a bit of a. It's a it's a funny topic when we're talking about killing predators that are in Aotearoa, because the animals themselves are just they're just animals in the wrong place, and but we've got such special. Um, special animals here, particularly our, our, you know, our flightless birds, for instance. Um, if we don't get on top of the issue, uh, we will lose our special, unique animals that that are part of our national identity. I mean, we call ourselves Kiwi, for instance. Um, so it's an unfortunate issue, um, but it is an issue that needs to be dealt with. Um, so. Newton School. Can we have another question from you, please? Hi, my name is Joel, and my question is, if you kill all the predators in New Zealand, won't more come from other countries? Mm. Kia ora, yeah, Joel. <laughs> That's another great question. Um, so New Zealand does have the aspiration, I don't know if you've heard of predator-free 2050. So by 2050, which is in another 28 years, uh, New Zealand has the, the very ambitious goal of doing exactly that job, being predator-free. Um, we're very lucky we have a natural defence system. We're an island. Uh, we've got hundreds of kilometres of sea between us and, say, Australia. Uh, and so... Predators reinvading once we've once we achieve that goal of predator-free 2050, reinvasion seems very unlikely, uh, and it would be limited to people that are sailing yachts between different countries. And yeah, so um, if we when we achieve that goal, um, I think we'll we'll be in a better position to assess how many are coming in. You know, because we'll, we'll be able to um, yeah assess the reinvasion. Yeah, and I'm sure there need to be some measures put in place to make sure that ships, yachts and that sort of thing were, were thoroughly checked. Just like sometimes maybe some of you may have been to a predator-free island and you get your gear checked before you get on board the boat and you and you can and you also have it checked when you arrive at the island. So there's there's two points where your gear is checked to make sure there's no stowaways. I think we've done with our schools from Kaingaroa and Newton. Was there any more? Oh, sorry, Kaingaroa and Chathams. Um, was there any more from Newton School? There was one more, wasn't there? Yes, we got one from Hazel. Oh, move out the way. Hazel. Hi, Hazel. Hello. Hello, Hazel. Um. What do you think the river will look like in the future? Mm, great question. Thanks, Hazel. That, yeah, so that is a very good question because that forms how, how we make our goal is, is the end game. You know, we want to see a pristine, clean river. And so um, in the future, we hope that we're free of all pollution or pollutants, um, that the natural habitat surrounding the, the, the awa is intact. So we've got large canopy trees, we've got our wetland plants on, on the banks. Um, our wildlife is thriving. Um, you know, our, our kōkupu, 
our um, inanga, our white baits, our tuna, they're all thriving in this natural environment. Um, we hope that our tamariki can drink the water, can swim in the, ri the river um, without catching any ailments. And we hope that the holistic um, well-being of all the of all the wildlife that surrounds the awa, you know, the birds that fly, the bats that use it as a highway, we hope to see a thriving natural environment surrounding the awa. And so that's what it looks like to us. Well, there's been some great discussion, some great corridor this morning. Um, and, and thanks to you guys for your questions that help that start that corridor. And I hope the corridor continues in your classrooms. Um, as some of you have indicated, you have a goal of um, doing some restoration nearby your schools. Um, and like LJ said, these we've learned a few life lessons, a few philosophies this morning as well um, about nature in general and how that's important for us all. So thank you very much, Namahi Nui. Uh, really appreciate uh, your expertise this morning, LJ, and your time. Kilda. And likewise to you, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, can I ask one question? Yeah. Does, does um, Kainaroa Kura Ki Kaitaia or Northland, do you guys have any questions or have we run out of time? If you've got any questions, well, I think we've got some time if everyone's happy to hang around for a little bit. You're just on mute. Uh, sorry, thanks so much for asking. I think my kids were a li um, little bit disappointed that I'd signed them up as a listening-only school. Oh, right. In the background. Um, but fortunately, you actually answered quite a lot of the questions. The other children were asking similar questions. Um, so Gabe was going to ask, um, do you want to ask the question? You kind of already answered it, though, but maybe it's... Um... I'm happy to. Okay. How can you tell when your goal was complete? I think that your last... Um, yeah, so hopefully... I like uh, yeah, something I didn't say is that um, you may have heard the saying Rome wasn't built in a day um, and definitely you know our restoration is a multi-generational goal or ambition so it might be my mokopuna my grandkids that get to get to reap the benefits of our mahi that we do today uh, and so hopefully when I'm 70 or 80 and I've got grandkids hopefully I'll know <laughs> that we've achieved our goal because they're swimming in the awa, they're drinking from the awa, and they're catching tuna and white bait in abundance. Awesome. Kia ora, Joel. And I guess things changed. Um, so, you know, we, we don't know, for instance, what's going to happen in terms of climate change. Will, will a one or two degrees warmer environment impact on the awa? Things like that. So it will be on ongoing um, and uh, people will need to be aware of, of the signs and symptoms of anything that might be uh, wrong. So it always pays to just have an ongoing um, relationship with, with those places that you've uh, put work into to keep, uh, keep on top of things. Well, once again, everybody, Mihi Nui, thank you very much. It's been a wonderful corridor this morning. Thank you once again to LJ, to our speaking schools, our listening schools. Fantastic questions. Um, the Pātai are what make the web conferences. So 
um, really appreciate the effort you put into that. And hopefully you're going to explore the field trip website more and would love to hear from you about how you've used the resources and the kaupapa that you're going to expand into. But for now, that brings our web conference to an end. You can all unmute and say kakite. 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 Kia ora kakite. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for joining us. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.